Introducing Bluehost Cloud, ultra-fast WordPress hosting with 100% uptime. Want a website with unmatched power, speed, and control? Of course you do. And now you can have all three with Bluehost Cloud, the new web hosting plan from Bluehost. With 100% uptime and incredibly speedy load times, your WordPress websites will be dependable and lightning fast on a global scale. Plus, your sites can handle even the biggest traffic spikes without going down or lagging. And with Bluehost Cloud, you get 24-7 WordPress priority support, meaning you're connected to WordPress experts anytime you need them. Not to mention, you automatically get daily backups and world-class security. So, what are you waiting for? Get Bluehost Cloud today by visiting bluehost.com. That's bluehost.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the HP Podcast. This is the first episode for the year 2022. It is episode number who knows because I don't remember. With me here today is Brandon. What's up? And Dave. Welcome. And I'm Ben. I don't know if I said that. What's up, dudes? Oh, you know, starting off the year strong. Is it still appropriate to say Happy New Year? I think it is. I was telling people when I worked yesterday that I don't feel like it's weird. It is the new year after all. Yeah. Even if it's not the first, right? we can still celebrate. Is it appropriate after the first time you've seen someone? Like Dave, if I saw you again next, if I said Happy New Year to you right now, which I wouldn't because I don't do that kind of stuff. And then I saw you again next week and I said Happy New Year again. Is it still appropriate or is it only good the first time you see someone in the new year? It's rude, but I'm used to that sort of thing. Because if you said that to me a second time, I would just assume that you forgot you saw me the previous week. Right. Which is normal for me uh yeah. but no in it's it's weird i would just assume you're a serial killer if you said happy new year to me twice okay. even if you're into like the second week of january and you say happy new year it's yeah. you're a serial killer probably what happens right. if you like hold on to that till march though then what you're just like mid-march you're like happy new year that's technically not wrong no it yeah. expires yeah. after the first week of March. okay gotcha 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 what gotcha. if you like saw someone let's say you saw someone tomorrow and you like hated them. But by March, you had kind of softened up and you didn't hate them anymore. And you were like, you know what? Now's the time. Happy New Year. Because I didn't wish you a happy New Year before because I didn't want you to have a good New Year. Yeah, but now I yeah. do. The New Year's spirit filled you throughout those first two months. And now in March, you're you're emotionally ready to wish them a happy New Year. Essentially. The, the New Year got inside of you <laughs> and it, it, it oozed out until oh so you could God. no longer contain it. Wow. Just throbbing with veiny New Year's energy. Holy shit, Dave. I wasn't trying to... <laughs> hey, he was just playing off your hand, man. He was just playing <laughs> off your hand. Come on. This is the HP Podcast, the podcast where we talk about video games and veiny New Year's. You can support us over at <laughs> patreon.com slash handsomephantom. You can also check out the Discord at handsomephantom.com slash Discord, where we will wish you a happy New Year in March. Maybe, if we remember. Yeah, maybe. Guys... The video game industry is weird this time of year. I remember previous years were like over December into January. It was like boom, bang, bomb, bingo, bang, whatever. And, you know, you just couldn't keep up with the news. Right, right. And then there's other years like this year, which, of course, there are many different reasons why this year may be the way it is with COVID and all that kind of stuff happening. Um, but this year it's like, hey hope you like the video games that came out and we talked about six months ago because there's nothing new right. happening in the world it's a boring week 
see in February. Right. Yeah. So that's what this week is. We've got a few stories for sure. Uh, and of course, we've been playing some games and everything. But for the most part, we're just kind of vibing and just talking about a few things that have transpired. Uh, and of course, if anybody thinks of anything um, that we don't cover and you want to talk about it, so in the Discord, we'd love to hear yeah. from you. I wonder if that's because like the beginning of the new year is such a hotbed now. I mean, like I, ever since God of War, I feel like came out. What was that? A bunch of years ago now um 2018 yeah like january and february and march seem to kind of be big times now yeah i mean a lot of games that can't make it for the holiday they don't push it back the next holiday now they just they just put it for the following year so i wonder if that's kind of the reason why it's because they're kind of backloaded and frontloaded now i'd say so to some extent but even in months where we don't see games really coming out in full force we still see a lot of news or a lot of rumors or stuff like that in december i think it's honestly i think it's because like people take the week at least a lot of times they'll take the week between christmas and new year's off that's pretty common for people to do if they have the vacation time and whatever they can get off uh and then i know a lot of studios shut down for like 10 days two weeks at the end of the year yeah so yeah, I mean that's that's nice. I'm I'm glad for it. It just doesn't create a lot of interesting stuff. True, 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 true. <laughs> Everybody's busy with their new consoles. They're busy with, uh, you know, writing best of articles in November and putting them out in December, even though they haven't played the games that came out in November, December yet. But they're trying to finish all those goddamn Christmas cookies. I got to get rid of them. You have some left. I just got to keep eating, dude. I feel like I've eaten too many, but I still have more. Well, you still maintained your uh, felt. Yes, your figure yes of course yes. of course of course <laughs> i need to get rid of my figure but it is a figure nonetheless first story here is a rumor this comes from true says goldeneye 007 xbox achievements are here is the n64 classic coming to xbox after all out of nowhere we have just picked up an achievement list for goldeneye 007 at the moment details on whatever this game is are thin on the ground as we haven't yet picked up a Microsoft Store page for the game. So we can't say if this is a remake, a remaster, or a re-release. The achievements are also different from the canceled Xbox Live Arcade GoldenEye 007 that leaked last year. GoldenEye 007 was launched on N64 back in 1997. This means this year, 2022, is the 25th anniversary of the classic first-person shooter. So hopefully we'll hear more about it. Of course, it goes on to detail what those achievements are and everything. I mean, if you've played the original 007, you're probably not going to be spoiled by anything. But, you know, beware. There can always be spoilers and stuff like that in the achievement list. Dave, are you a 007 stan? Did you did you play Goldeneye? I did. Yeah. Um, big time. I, I was never good at it, but right. uh, I had fun with it nonetheless, which for me is the telltale sign of a, a good game. A game that I'm trash at, especially competitively, but still want to keep. So, right. I, I think every stan- game falls into that category for me. Yeah. Brandon, what about you? You're a little younger. Did you have much experience with Goldeneye? No, I didn't play Goldeneye at all. Um, I think all? I, no, no, no. I, I think I played it at a friend's house okay. or maybe like one of my parents' friend's house because they had older kids. Right. But I played the shit out of Nightfire okay. on PS2. I don't know if you guys ever played that one. I did play Love Nightfire. Love that. That game was actually fucking awesome. I don't know. I can't speak for Goldeneye, but Nightfire was fucking sweet. So if it had any of any of the DNA from that game, then I'm sure it was just as good. So. Uh, I don't know, Dave. It's hard for me to remember a little bit. Do you think Nightfire was it wasn't very much like Goldeneye? Dude, Nightfire had those no, fucking rockets it, it, that you could guide around and shit. Yeah. It was so cool. Yeah, it, no, it was just a cool game, but I, I don't recall it being much like uh Goldeneye. But it's funny, it's it's I'm surprised to hear Brandon say that he did not play golden i know you said brand or ben that he's a little bit younger but 
still, I mean, for, for as much as a first person shooter guy as you are, I feel like a lot of people kind of got their start in that game. I know I did uh, yeah. in first person shooters, but again, if you're, you know, right. a little bit younger than it's may have been Halo for you or something. What was, uh, the, what did that release on? N64. N64. That, that's why. Yeah. I never had one. Yeah. So uh, I didn't have one until, oh, after the PS1 came out. Yeah. We got the PS1 instead, I think. Yeah. That was probably the trade off. After maybe even after the PS2 came, I don't know. I got it later, but it was one of those games that every time we had like you know a, a birthday party or a sleepover or a, a, like a youth group event or something like oh, that, yeah. it was like, well, who's bringing Goldeneye definitely, and definitely. Smash Brothers? Oh yeah, like you know sure. why not? For sure. So and I don't, I don't know about you guys, but this rumor of a remake, a remaster, whatever it is coming to Xbox potentially because it's uh, it's an achievement list that leaked. I'm not interested in that. That doesn't make me excited. No. You know what makes me excited is this idea I've had buried in the back of my head for months and months and months is I want to wander into my dingy little uh, game hoard store and drop a hundred bucks on an old school N64, two grungy ass controllers with Goldeneye. Like that's a game I feel like I need to play on that janky N64 controller. Like that's how I want to play that game. Because if you just take that game and try to recapture that nostalgia, to me, I don't think it would work. I'd rather just play it 100% on the original hardware. And I mean, these things are easy to find. So um, yeah, if it's true, um, count me out for now. Yeah. But obviously be willing to see what it looks like. Sure. Yeah. I'm also just way, way, way more interested to see what IO is going to do. Oh, sure. Um, yeah. This is definitely not going to be a Obviously, obviously. But like, I don't know. I don't know if the goodwill of IO is bringing some 007 hype. Not that there's ever been a lack of that. I mean, the movies are great. The games seem to be great, but um, this will probably be great for some people. Like if it was on game pass, hundred percent, I'd check it out, but sure. I'm with you, Dave. I'm not like running to the, to the store to pick it up. Well, about a year ago, maybe a little longer than that ago, my son was really, or it still is, but really super into the N64. I have it set up for him and have all my games. And I have all my brother-in-law's games too, because he moved to China and, you know, just left his stuff with us. But, um, and so I think I have like four copies of GoldenEye somehow, or yeah, GoldenEye. Anyway, so he was like, let's check this out. I was like, I don't know if you'll like it. You've never played a first person shooter. Let's see. And I was like, but I want to play it. Yeah. <laughs> so I popped it in and I was like, this game is not good. Yeah, it's this is one of my favorite games of all time, and I wish I had not touched it at all again. Now, granted, it's still fun when you're on uh, the same screen with everybody else in four player mode and, you know, you're reliving the memories of old. But I was like, this is not actually I wouldn't call this a good game anymore. It's not it didn't age well. The the controls are they're like tank controls, essentially, and the movement is just not great. Uh, Dave, have you have you tried to play replay Goldeneye in the last decade? Dude, no, and I I know it would be a similar experience, but I'm gonna I'm gonna let you finish, and then I have to add something in. No, that's really all I had. Go ahead. But and everybody knows that game is jank, and yes, you know it it was a smash hit at the time. But I think even like two or three years after it came out, people would go back and play and be like, "How was this good at the time?" Just like right. aiming your little reticle with that little nub stick dick thing was just yeah, it was weird and not fun. But I think where the nostalgia comes in, and this is why I have an issue with it on like an Xbox platform, is the nostalgia is sitting in your living room with two or three friends cramped together on a little screen, sharing controllers and like shit talking each other while you're right beside each other. That 
that was the original couch co-op like yes. experience and yes. that's why again this launching on sort of an xbox would just not appeal to me and even if it does feel like shit going back and playing it there's still like that nostalgic experience to be had if it's sort of delivered in the right way so totally agree with you um and i think a lot of n64 games probably are that way but here's what i'll say if they do re-release this now if they remake it maybe it's a little different but if they re-release or even uh remaster it and they make it so that you can play like online now i understand the times we live in i understand everything going on but if they make it so that you the primary way people are going to be playing is online this game is doa like it is not no one's gonna i'm not gonna uh, if I'll tell you what if i had the people if like the people in my local town here that i know that like to play games if i could have a couple buddies come over dave you can drive down from canada and we could sit on the floor like you're saying in my living room and crawl over top of each other and drink mountain dew and play goldeneye until 4 a.m i might be in even like if it just looks nicer but if you will expect me to play GoldenEye as it was in the past online, like there's no, no, not at all. Dude, don't you know they're adding a battle pass? <laughs> Could you fucking imagine? Could you fucking imagine, dude? Oh, man. GoldenEye NFTs. Yeah, seriously. Now, the thing I am excited about is it, it could expose a new generation to this game. Certainly. But will it be a good exposure or a bad exposure? And there is a difference probably bad probably bad dude it, it was 97 i mean at this point yeah the games are just they're just old man yep they just are very old so absolutely okay next story uh this was a rumor it is now confirmed the ps plus free games for january 22 are announced i think are they even are they available now? they came out early they did yep okay well here's what they are we, we haven't talked about it yet uh, it is Deep Rock Galactic for PS4 and PS5, Persona 5 Strikers for PS4, and Dirt 5 for PS4 and PS5. Now, I don't think any of us have played Persona 5 Strikers. Uh, I, I've seen it be right. played, yeah. but I have, I'm not, uh, I'm going to download it though, for sure. And for we sure. haven't, none of us have played Deep Rock Galactic. I downloaded it on Game Pass and uh, haven't played it. It's it's one of the games I'm going to talk about later. Oh, okay. Yep. Nice. Okay. Yep. So we'll talk about that later. Yeah. But Dave, you reviewed Dirt 5 when it came out. If I, I did. remember correctly. Yeah. Talk about that for a bit. I, this isn't really a review portion, but why not? We don't have uh, a whole lot else to talk about. Yeah, it's it's it was a weird experience for me because I had just come off playing Dirt Rally 2.0, which is like the most sim racing experience I've ever had. Like it was insane. One tiny little mistake and you're hitting the restart button. Whereas Dirt 5 is such an arcadey, fun, bright experience. Um, so it was a cool game and for the low, low price of free, it's right. definitely worth checking out. It's got a great soundtrack, um, in a post Forza horizon five world though. I'm, I'm afraid to say it, it's not something I'm interested in because it's just, it's an inferior product to me. It doesn't have the open world. Right. Um, it's event based. It's, it's good. It's, I mean, if, if you don't have an Xbox and you're looking for a fun arcade uh, racing game with, um, you know, again, that focus on fun and, and a really good soundtrack, then yeah, definitely check this out. You have PlayStation Plus free, so why not? And I think it's on Game Pass too. It was at one point. Yeah, that but would make Dirt sense. Yeah. 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 Yeah, honestly, Dave, that's one of the only angles Dirt 5 has going forward as far as I'm concerned with the Forza being side by side. Um, I think I will check it out just to 
try it and see what it's like. And you've talked very highly of it. Um, but it's one of the only new, maybe one of the only PS5 racing games that is out. Right. Like literally. Until GT. Yeah. yeah. I mean, unless, unless it's something indie or something small, it's one of the one of the only couple titles that's actually made for the console that is any sort of racing. Well, it was made for PS4. Oh, was it? It came out, what, 2018, 2019? I swear uh, it was, I it was early last year. Early last year. Yeah, it came out say, in 2021. <laughs> I was going to say, I, and, and that's another thing that intrigued me. It's only been about a year, and okay. it's already on PlayStation Plus. Cause, yeah. Because yeah. I remember Dave reviewing it at the beginning of the year. I, I think Dave's right, though, that... With Sorry, November Forza. 6, 2020. My bad. November 6, 2020. Okay, okay. so it was at the end. I knew it was the end of a year. I just couldn't remember which year. It probably doesn't stand up to Forza very well. I only played a couple hours of Dirt, and I've only played a couple hours of Forza as well, but I just have to imagine that they were like, okay, well, we know these guys' sales are going to be dying off on other platforms. Let's go ahead and right. cut them a deal for, you know, like you said, there aren't, if you're a racing fan, and you're waiting for GT, there's not a whole lot else out there on PlayStation. Nope. So, And I'm not even convinced that GT is going to be what I want because Forza yeah. on my PlayStation is what I want. Right. And I highly... Yeah. <laughs> I just don't think that... I don't think that's happening. Yeah, I don't... Yeah. It does, if you're into racing games, though, I mean, it does fit a nice little, uh, little crevice for you. I mean, if you... For me, like, I like that sim experience, but I also like a bit of fun. So sure. GT Sport is what I have right now for my sim experience um and then i've got forza horizon um but i mean again if you don't have an xbox if you don't have a pc that can run horizon then dirt 5 again it's free on playstation plus so you know if you're in that situation like me then that that will fill your your um your fun void your fun <laughs> racing void your fun hole your fun uh, <laughs> yeah again if, if if you're into that kind of stuff it's absolutely 100 worth for price of free definitely definitely all right, moving on, the next story, this comes directly from NVIDIA.com. Uh, is, today is Tuesday of the week. Yeah, Tuesday the 4th. So this is uh, current as of today. Earlier today, NVIDIA revealed at CES uh, some new cards. And one of them is the, well, I think maybe they only revealed one card. I don't know. They have they put out the GeForce RTX 3050. Uh, it'll be coming out on January 27th, and it's starting at the low price of 249, which is hella cheap, honestly. Uh, I have the 3060 Ti, and I think it was only 300, and it's a hell of a card. So I'm sure that this one slightly, it's probably worth fifty dollars less, and that and it's and even at that, it's a great price. Uh, so I'm just going to read this little thing from them. Uh, from NVIDIA, quote, a decade ago, we introduced the 50 class GPU offering gamers great performance on the latest architecture at an affordable price. It was the first step up into GTX gaming. Now, three of the top five GPUs on Steam are GTX 50 class, including the GeForce GTX 1050. When it released in 2016, the GTX 1050 could power the top games of the time at over 60 frames per second. But the production of value of games continues to rise and modern games need more horsepower. The 1050 struggles to keep up. Even a 1050 Ti or the more modern 1650 can't power the latest games of 60 FPS. Uh, Today, we're announcing the GeForce RTX 3050. It brings the performance and efficiency of the NVIDIA Ampere technology. Amp, Ampere? Ampere? I don't know how to say that word. Amp architecture to more gamers than ever before uh it comes equipped with two with second generation rt cores for ray tracing and third gen tensor cores for dlss and ai 
And for the first time, you can play ray trace games on a 50 class GPU at over 60 FPS. Now, I know that you guys are not big PC gamers. Dave, you play some things on PC, but uh, Brandon, you don't play anything. You don't even, yeah, right? Correct. Okay. Yep. So I have the 3060 Ti, like I said, um, great machine. The 3080 and the 3090 and the 3070 and the 3080 Ti or whatever it is else is out there right now are all also amazing. And I'm just like con- inc- increasingly convinced that every time they put out a new card, I'm getting ripped off. Yeah. Because, <laughs> I mean... Granted, okay, so I got the 3060 Ti. I was fortunate. I got it, like, I just logged onto the site, and it was there, and I bought it, and it was done. Uh, that was amazing, because those cards have been going like crazy. But now they're putting out a new card, and I'm like, oh, man, for $50 less, I probably could have got about the same performance. Yeah. But, you know, it's all about having it a year earlier. But anyway, uh, I don't have a lot to say on that. I just thought it was important to announce, especially for the PC gamers out yeah. there. I do think it'll be interesting to see how perform how um, how if people have put new things into place to prevent bot scalping and everything like that. Yeah, I was going to say, did you say, what What was the price point? 200 249 What's it actually going to sell for? Um, if you had I don't a, know. If you had a guess. I have no idea. A, a little while back, I was at a micro center and they had 3090s there. And I was like, if I could buy a 3090 for retail, what could I sell my 3060 Ti for? Yeah. And I looked and it was more than I could have bought the better card at for retail now i didn't end up wanting to stand in that line yeah. so i didn't do it fair but, enough fair enough uh we had to get somewhere but i know that it i paid like 300 350 some maybe it was even 400 i don't remember honestly it was under it was 400 or under i know it was less than that and when i looked at the 3060 ti on ebay the sold listings were like well over 1500 wow so That's this card being crazy. 250 i don't know if they put more prevention in for bots and stuff like that maybe that won't skyrocket right away but yeah. let's be real no <laughs> yeah too. they haven't done it yet so i yeah. mean building on that I, the question is going to be um how many how are they from a supply perspective because is this going to be the type of thing where it's going to sell out immediately um if not and you know these things are relatively made available for an extended period of time and they fill that need as a budget card, which is something that's attractive to me because I don't know right. if I need a new card right now. But if I was in the market, considering what I have, I'd probably look at this level. But if they have good supply, if the price can sort of maintain where it is and it doesn't end up on the secondary market and start to skyrocket, what does that then do to the the market we've seen for the past year and a half with these insane secondary market prices for you know 3080s and 3090s and that kind of stuff? Maybe this is all designed or maybe it will have the effect where it's going to actually temper the market a little bit and and bring things back to normal. I don't know if that's going to be the case, but it will be interesting to see. But I think it's going to start with supply as well. The really interesting thing is that when the 3080s, 3090s, 3060s went on sale, I was like, okay, I'm going to trade out my 2060 for one of these. And see what? Or wait, do I have a twenty six? I don't know. I think I had a twenty seventy. I had a twenty seventy, and I was like, I want to see. You know, I'll just wait and see. And then I just like forgot. And then it was like a month later, and I looked, and the price had gone up by like five hundred dollars. Yikes! And I was like, man, okay, I'll sell it at this price. And then I didn't sell it, and then it went up more. So people are even willing to buy lower end cards the more difficult it is to get the higher end ones. So in my opinion, a card for two hundred forty nine dollars. It, let's pretend like bots didn't exist 
and it's still hard to get those higher the higher end cards even than the the 3050 the average consumer is willing to pay more than the card is worth right now or i guess it's worth what people are willing to pay for it so that was a dumb statement but i i don't think we're going to see prices or demand or anything go down because people are wanting to get their hands on just something better than what they have now and it's been so long since anybody's been able to do that that if there's an even more attainable one you're going to have a higher percentage of people wanting to jump into that so uh, again if they manage to make it so that no maybe we actually get more in the consumer's hands at retail price but i don't think they're going to be more available hmm. i kind of doubt it that's a shame too it is to some extent but it's less of a shame if it's because there's a huge demand for it and not because it's being manipulated right yeah i'm way more okay with that so If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. All right. Um, I think I have one more story here before we move on to the last big one. Am I right? Do I? No, I don't. Okay. The last big one we have is a rumor. Uh, and this kind of broke out when um, Jason Schreier, um, he, Jason Schreier wrote this piece. He posted it. And it comes from Bloomberg, from uh, a site he works for. And I can't even read all of it most of the time when I click on it because you have to pay. But right now I seem to be able to access it. And I'm going to let you guys talk about this a little more because uh, I'm a little, I don't have any inside info necessarily. I just have someone that I know who knows Ken and trust him and has talked to him about some things. So I don't want to shine too much light for fear of like stepping out of where I should be. Fair enough. But here's the story. Next Bioshock game from or the next video game from Bioshock's creator is in development hell. Oh, also, by the way, I want to know how many podcasts this week are going to be called Bioshocked or Bioshook <laughs> after this article. Better be ours. Well, I mean, I think it wasn't going to be before you said that, but now it has to be. Yeah, now it has to be. Bioshook. Bioshook. <laughs> Uh, I just know that that's going to be like every podcast, every other, every third podcast you see, the title is going to be Bioshock. Well, we could do the Mob Deep thing and do Bioshock ones. The Bioshock ones. Yes. Hell yeah. Let me just read a little bit of Jason's article here. And uh, it's really long, so I don't want to talk too much about it. But just to give you the basic premise, it's been nearly eight years, quote, it's been nearly eight years since development began on Ken Levine's next video game. Levine, the creator of hugely influential Bioshock series, is an auteur of the medium. He embodies everything that comes with the title. According to people who have worked for him, a singular brilliance, stubborn perfectionist, perfectionism, and a delicate ego. Eight years is a long time to develop a game. Levine's breakout 1999 release, System Shock 2, was finished in a year and a half. Bioshock, a seminal shooting game released in 2007, and according to New York Times Magazine, proved games could be art. 
It took about five years, as did the follow-up, which came out in 2013. His current project, which began in 2014, still doesn't have a name or a release date. Development has suffered from numerous reboots and changes in direction, say 15 current and former employees of the Westwood, Massachusetts-based studio Ghost Story Games. So basically the article goes on to say that Levine is a perfectionist. Uh, He's really um, wants to restart things too many times that his employees have to plant ideas in his brain to make him think they were his own ideas, et cetera, et cetera. So I'll let you guys kind of carry it away a little bit and then I'll offer some thoughts as well. Dave, you want to start? Yeah. I mean, I, I, when I first saw this story, I had no idea this game one had been in development for this long and two was in any sort of trouble. I think we talked about this a month or two ago um, probably around the same time we were talking about that leak on the on the Bioshock setting sequel, mm-hmm. upcoming sequel. Um, so yeah, I mean, not knowing uh, that this sort of thing was going on, I was I was a little um, disappointed because I mean, I I think I believe I said on that show that we talked about this that I was more looking forward to what Ken Levine was going to come up with than the next Bioshock game because. That's sort of a secondhand game. It's somebody who's taken over creativity of that franchise. So, yeah, I mean, this, this again, it's just a rumor. It's just based on, you know, some reported interviews from some past employees. So, I mean, we don't know if this is actually the case, but, um, you know, I certainly hope it's it's not. It's It sounds legit, but it's, it's, um, it's, it's too bad. And I, I think, you know, in reading the article, one of the interesting things is, based on the interview is Ken was trying to be as ambitious as he was with Bioshock with this new studio, but he's doing it with a fraction of the people and right. probably a fraction, of the amount of resources. Um, and I think you said eight years, if he's been doing this for eight years, I want to know who his investors are. <laughs> well, it's I'd 2k. Like to, it's, it is 2k, but yeah, yeah, that's incredible that, I mean, you know, at some point a publisher, um, you know, who's giving as much creative freedom to Ken as they probably would ever anyone. You have to think that after eight years, they're getting a little bit um, at wit's end with him. But I don't know. It's it's disappointing to see. And, and you know, I hope something good comes out of it if it is. But yeah. Yeah. Brandon. Yeah, I don't know. Um, kind of going off what Dave said, we did talk about this a couple weeks ago or a month ago or something like that. And I had expressed that I was just interested in Ken Levine's game, period. Right. Regardless of that, of what that would be. Right. Um, and in hindsight, and after hearing something like this, I guess it kind of concerns me a little bit. It kind of reminds me a little bit, and I hope this isn't the way it's going, um, with KJ Unifuno, mm-hmm. or however you say it, with Mighty Number no. 9, you get this, you have such a strong backlog and you try to live up to that so much, and then you put out something new, and it falls so flat, like Mighty Number no. Nine did. And I just really hope that he isn't too tied up in himself and the success and all right. of the the critical acclaim he's had before him, because in reality, it's just something new we want from him in general. Right. Uh, and I hope all of the other stuff around him isn't tying him up too much. But I don't know. I guess it is a little bit concerning. Um, especially changing directions and, you know, I don't know. I feel like there might not be anything to this story, but what, 15 people? Uh, past and present, which over eight years can be a lot of people. Yeah, but still, I, like, 
15 might not even be that many people cycling through in eight entire years. Right. I get that. It depends on how high the turnaround is, but and how big the studio yeah, is. Yeah. And I just, I don't know. I feel like there has to be something to that. Right. Yeah. There has to be something to that. I think you're, yeah, I think you're both right in some respects. And obviously anytime a game takes a long time and people are unhappy, like, I mean, people are unhappy to any job, no matter how good or bad the job is. Right. Uh, so like, I don't want to put a whole lot of stock on that. The, the comforting thing is that like, you know, nobody called Ken an asshole. Right. Not that he's not. I don't know. I don't know the guy personally. I know people who do know him personally, but right. uh, you know, nobody came out and said that he was, you know, abusing the employees or anything like that. Right. Um, they just kind of said that he was difficult to work with and kept revising the the, the vision. Right. So I mean, a few things I think. One, I think the game is closer than this article makes it sound because just some things that have been teased and said and you know, little bits and pieces I've heard uh around around the 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 circles. Um, again, I don't know anything explicitly and no one's told me anything explicitly. This is all just context clues, um, from people I've talked to. And then I think too, like the, the article talks about like the fact he's a perfectionist, talks about the fact he's an auteur. Like we know those things because of his past work. Right. We know that he is like a, a creative genius and, and a, a brilliant mind. We would put him probably on, although, you know, we don't, not everybody sees it this way. Like think about somebody like Kojima. People like die working with for Kojima, dude. Even because he, you know, it's it's the same kind of mind, like the same kind of creative mind. And I can't think of one creative person I know that's not difficult to work with. Yeah. So, so I mean, I guess it's um part of it to me is like, well, I mean, do you really think that other games out there haven't had difficult creative cycles? Right. I mean, people love Corey Barlog. And people loved God of War 2018. And that game took over six years to make. Yeah. Twice as long as it was supposed to originally. And they kept dumping money in it. And clearly, okay, 2K is not dumb. If they're continuing to dump money at Ghost Story, they must see something, right? Yeah. I don't know. I just, I guess I just think like, well, a game taking a long time and having people who are unhappy at their job is not an indication the game's in trouble right. necessarily. But I could be wrong. No, I think... I think that being a particular is obviously good. Like you said, he has a reputation. He wants specific things that doesn't necessarily, you know, point to bad in the game. Um, It's definitely something to note though. And uh, yeah, I I think it could either be really bad that it continually is changing directions or it could be exactly what he wanted. Maybe this is actually good that it's taken eight years. Right. You know what I mean? Like we just don't know. Right. Um, But that's just got to keep the faith for now. I mean, we really know nothing right. about it. And that's the other thing that is kind of weird. When you put this in context with that, yeah. is that we know absolutely nothing. Right. And it's been eight years. Yeah, that's true. Like that's literally true. nothing. Yeah. Um. So the really, one really fast, I, I mentioned God of War and this just occurred to me. I was either listening or watching or reading something where they were, where they were, the Santa Monica studio was talking about people were really, really high, highly praising the uh, axe throwing yeah, and how good the axe throwing Dude, felt. The Leviathan axe. Yeah. And they were like, we're glad you think that because that single thing, just throwing that axe took us like multiple people working on it constantly over a year and a half. Now, granted, that's one of the main mechanics of the game. Right. You know, Dude, and it shows. Wrong. And it, it does show. It does. But people love it. I've never heard anyone complain yeah. that the, throwing the axe feels bad or clunky. And I guarantee 
they rebooted that specific piece of that game multiple times. Oh, for sure. And that for they sure. had to rework it and it was n- never perfect. And so I don't know. I guess like it is concerning. I don't want the game to be bad. I don't want Ken's studio to be to be bad, to be in a I don't want anybody to be unhappy, obviously. But I'm also like, okay, well, I mean, games take a long time and sometimes that just happens. Yeah. And I guess after I'm thinking about it too, I mean, if they drop a trailer tomorrow, it's not like they'd need to do that much hyper PR. Now that I'm yeah. thinking about it, it's like, you know, maybe they don't even need to have a lead up right. because of who it is. Right. You know what I mean? And and his legacy. So I don't it's, know. Um, it's, if anything, it's whether it's true or not, it's, it makes me wonder why this thing doesn't, this sort of thing doesn't happen more. Um, because so many of these projects are driven by like these creative minds, like Ken Levine, obviously we're talking about Hideo Kojima, Corey Barlog, um, you know, these kind of people, whereas, you know, this is, this sort of thing is just, it's a case study in scope creep where it's like, you really have to decide what it is you're making from the outset when you're conceptualizing and then kind of commit to it. And then you spend the next three, four years actually develop and making that. But if you keep changing your mind on what it is the end product looks like, right. then there's no end. There right. really is no end. So with you know a creative mind driving that process, it it kind of makes me wonder and scratch my head how any of these projects ever get done. Because <laughs> yeah. you know it's not like it's not like Ken Levine is in the concept room, you know, at the beginning in year one and two, and they come up with the idea and then he hands it off to a development team to make it. It's like he's there, like driving. with it throughout the entire process and it's it's uh yeah i mean video games and art it's it's it just kind of goes to show that it it really is an art form (laughs) the artist needs to see their final vision in that final product and if they don't then they're not happy well and there are a lot of games out there that we hear rumors of years later that you know this game was in development for four years and they scrapped it and made a new game but you don't necessarily realize that it's taking so long because a lot of these big places have multiple studios. So you don't even realize something else was being worked on and tons of money was being spent in man hours. And not that that's to say like, that's a good thing to have all those man hours wasted and, you know, feel that way. But sometimes companies just pull the plug on something and you never hear about it. People come up with concepts. And I mean, for all we know, this, this could be the third game that, I mean, I, I guess the article probably says differently, but this could be the third different project they've been working on. A reboot doesn't necessarily mean they started the same game over again. It could mean, well, guess what? We couldn't figure out how to make that one work. Yeah. Um, I know I know that's happened to projects of mine. Not game projects, but just other projects where I was like, spent months on something and I'm like, well, I'm just not doing this. <laughs> like, it's just not working, yeah. you know? Yeah, so, yeah. I don't know. It'll be interesting. I'm I'm really excited because I respect Ken's vision and his his game so much but it does make me as excited as i am and an announcement of a game from ken would be the closest to being quote as the kids say hype as i would get (laughs) me personally i just don't be i'm not hype about stuff it'd be i mean it might even be coggers if you think about it but so i hope it goes well i hope it continues uh we might hear more from ken this year we'll see gentlemen it's time to talk unless you have any other news stories about what you've been playing no no, no other news stories or no, not playing. Sorry, I, I do just have a question about Persona Strikers. I know yeah. none of us have played it, but is yeah. it a rhythm game? Is it a no. dancing game? No. What the hell is Persona Strikers? It's like a, it's like a hack and, it's not really a hack and slash. It's a Musou. Yeah, yeah. 
that's the word I was looking for. But it's it's like another game that I've never played. What's that? What are those games called? I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> but there's just a bunch of enemies on screen at a time, on screen at a time, and you like mash the buttons to try and kill them. It's really hard to describe. Just watch the trailer. But... Like Dynasty Warriors. Yes, exactly. Like okay. That. Yes, exactly. Yes, that's that's what I was looking for. Yep. All right. Good news story number four in the back. <laughs> <laughs> Dave, what have you been playing? Uh, okay. Well, I kind of need to segue into that slightly. So, what I would like to propose is a new segment called "I'm Sorry, Ben." Okay. Uh, and it's fitting that I'm I'm the Canadian and I'm I'm proposing this <laughs> this uh, this segment. I'm. Is sorry, this going to be a recurring segment? Well, just let me finish. Okay. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry for yelling. But, <laughs> so uh, in this segment, I'm going to apologize uh, to Ben for something because we all at some point have have, have uh, sins that we need to repent for to Ben. Yes. So okay. for me in particular, um, <clears throat> when I first mentioned that I was playing Darksiders, and I, I'm sorry to keep bringing up Darksiders, but it's just what I'm playing right now. I really don't want this to turn into, you know, a Darksiders focused podcast because that would be way too popular. and We just can't handle the list. Right, right. I mean, we don't <laughs> yeah. have the resources. We need to but... maintain our low profiles. <laughs> when when I first brought up, I was playing Darksiders uh, and I and I mentioned that I was playing it on the Nintendo Switch. Ben sort of raised a Ben Smithian eyebrow at that. and He was like, I heard those games didn't run too well on the Switch. And I said, yeah, no, I, I, I saw some reviews and stuff, and they mentioned some little things here and there. So I got through the first game completely fine. I need to stop um, you real quick. Okay, and I, you know, Is a Ben Smithy and eyebrow a thing, and I just didn't realize it? It is now. Yeah, it is. You didn't know? Just You're didn't. not in touch with the kids, but it's... Yeah. <laughs> okay, me. I try not to touch kids. Go ahead. You need, oh to, you need, to, you need to read your Twitch chat a little bit more closely. <laughs> um, so... So I played through the first game. It was completely fine. Little quirks and things here and there. Uh, first half of the second game, Darksiders 2 Death Inative Edition. I can't say that. It's like definitive, but they put the word death in there. Um, first half, it's got these weird little quirks and stuff, but I'm having a great time with it. It's such a good game. Um, I went to finish the game this weekend, and I could not finish the game. Oof. On the third last boss of the game, it crashed three different times. Uh, in order for me to be able to get through the actual boss battle, I had to turn off the damage indicators, you know, the little numbers that pop up. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. And I also had to stop using one of my abilities because what it would do is it would spawn these ads that would fight on my behalf. And that was causing the game to crash. So I literally had to finish that boss fight without using one of my best abilities, but I got through it. Yikes. Um, got to the second last boss and it would, I could not clear it. It just, it froze, it froze, it froze. Um, I even had one point where I got the boss to actually die, but because, uh, you know, an animation glitched out, like something happened where I actually couldn't progress past that, like that, um, cut scene or whatever. So like, I literally couldn't progress. Uh-huh. Um, but I was literally at the second last boss. I cleared all the dungeons. I'd seen like 99% of what was in the game and I had a great time. So I wasn't too sad. But anyways, when I first brought it up, Ben, you said to me, those games don't run well on switch. And sure enough, you were correct. Cause I literally could not finish Darksiders oh, no. 2 no. on Nintendo switch. I don't think I said definitively those don't run well. I think I just said, I either asked if they ran well or told you I heard they didn't run well. Oh, I'm paraphrasing. Okay. I, I mean, the, I just the only to make thing sure, I can, like, 
the only like thing I can remember categorically from the conversation was the Ben Smithy and eyebrow. That's 100%. Okay, that, okay, that was for sure there. I Did Ben it. say that definitively? <laughs> well, that was come on, that was good. Hey, was hey, good. hey, and he said it perfectly. Tough but, crowd, tough crowd. Anyway, so with that, we can retire the I'm sorry, Ben, uh, segment from from the show. What oh, no, memories, wait, 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 what wait, memories wait, we, can't, we can't, we can't, we can't. I'm sorry you bought Avengers. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. No, no, no. I need you to take responsibility. I'm sorry. I tricked you into buying it. Listen, 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 listen. And then played it with you three I'm times. Sorry and you blue screen I... and crashed your PS4 yes. 175 times. Yes, yes. Okay. It is my fault. I apologize. Now we can retire it. My bad. But we can take it to Discord. I mean, if you're listening to this and you're in our Discord and you have something you'd like to apologize to Ben for, we all have something. You, you can admit it. You can do it in our Discord. Oh, the, the, the few of our patrons who are in the Discord, they don't cause a lot of trouble in our Discord, but in another Discord I'm in with them, they have a lot to apologize to me for. <laughs> Do you like to name names? Ben? Get your DMs they open. They know who they are. Get your DMs <laughs> open, Ben. Um, but yeah, so I mean, segueing into the segment that we're actually doing now, which that, is... By the way, you... Dave, that's rough. Okay. Yeah, no. That, it, it, that's I, Again, I wasn't too upset about it. I got, I saw everything I wanted to see. I was able to go and watch the the ending on YouTube. So I, I you didn't really the blue care, balls. Exactly. <laughs> Um, and again, I paid 10 Canadian dollars for that game. So, wow, that's like 150 bucks. No, that's like 70 US. 10 Canadian dollars. It's nothing. Basically nothing. Okay. Nothing. But <laughs> anyway, so uh, now that I'm done with that, I'm, I'm playing Darksiders Genesis on Nintendo Switch. It was kind of made for that console, so that runs a little bit better. Um, having a lot of fun with that. It's the it's the Darksiders game that's like uh, an action RPG isometric view a lot like diablo um it's got one of the coolest progression systems i've seen in a game where um it's you have like these creature cores that you get from different classes of enemies and the more enemies you kill the more you level up that specific core it's it's tough to explain but it's really really cool uh loving that game so far um otherwise i've i've still been working through uh halo infinite's campaign um and i even played a little bit of sea of thieves this past weekend I you was, know i i was on and i saw you were on but i was yeah, with a crew already i i invited you to come and steal my shit but you didn't because yes. you, you know i had nothing which is true i had a couple <laughs> of apples and oranges and pieces of wood but uh, i am wondering this is a little bit off topic if we are in the same region as far as servers go like if it would be possible for me to find your server without using a vpn or something where are they geographic yeah they're I, geographic yeah. i'm normally just in like us east so does it tell you what server you're in i, I i'm talking about like, like when games. i play other games but yeah uh, I'll, okay. I'll look next time i play which will be in six months but right um, i think there's a i don't know where it is but there's a there's a northeast us for sure there's a server farm near i want to say like atlanta uh, on the east border but there might be i mean i'm sure there's more but i don't know about them yeah i'll definitely check next time but uh yeah, yeah i played through the first part of the the pirate's life campaign it was pretty cool nice and just did some solo stuff and then i watched you right after i finished uh you were playing on twitch with two other people and my god you were were experting it up i was uh, that who was i playing I, with I'm, i don't know i'm terrible okay. oh uh, one guy was lsu tigers Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. And I don't know who else was there, but just listening well, to you guys coordinate, I am terribly intimidated to go and play that game with any anybody other sweating than, out of our minds. Yeah, it was a <laughs> it was a sweaty ship. That's right. that's how I usually try to play that game. So yeah, sorry that was long winded, but that's uh, that's what I've been. 
That's perfectly fine. Thanks, Dave. The, so thank you for the apology, and also thank you for watching me on Twitch. Appreciate it. <laughs> Brandon, what have you been playing? Oh, dude, I've been playing a couple of different things. Um, I'm going to start off with Halo Do it. Infinite. Just play a little bit more of the campaign. Dropping it down to normal instead of uh, heroic. Exceptionally better. Um, Master Chief doesn't feel as much of a bitch when I'm playing on normal yeah, as he does yeah. when I'm playing heroic. And I want to feel dope. Like, I don't want to keep running and hiding as Master Chief. Right. Um, the games would not be canonically as good if that were the case right um in the past but um well, he's getting older you know <laughs> that is true that is true he's getting he's getting a little geriatric at this point <laughs> um but now really really good still i'm um, not a whole lot to say about that but i feel like i'm probably halfway or more done with guardians of the galaxy okay i finally sat down and gave it a go um and i'm really surprised honestly um i don't know why it didn't really hook me the first time i tried it i only played it for like 45 minutes maybe the first night i played um but i've been going real hard on it and this game is really really good actually yes um whenever i saw some of the material around when it was gonna launch i thought this was gonna be a, a dog shit game. i was very gonna, flaccid on the pre-launch i'm stuff. gonna be honest i really thought it was gonna be bad yeah it's the exact opposite it runs really well um i, I wish i could have performance and ray tracing on ps5 but it is what it is. At least there's a performance mode. Just um, to cut in there, at at launch, it apparently it ran fine for me on PC, but it did not run as well at launch as oh, it does really? now. Yeah, really? that's what that's been my understanding. Gotcha. Yeah, but no, man. I, you know what hasn't already been said about the game itself? It's very pretty. Yeah. Um, really, really awesome to be in like such a sci-fi atmosphere and have it be that beautiful. Right. Um, it was very grand what I've played so far. Um, and just. I really like the characters themselves in just the banter. Uh, I think that's what's keeping me going. The story isn't that intriguing. Yeah. It's, you know, your standard, we're in trouble, let's fix things. Right. But like, yeah, the characters are just fun. Um, and I really enjoy the movies, um, the, the most recent ones Marvel put out. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of cool to be in that world. Nice. Uh, and I've really been enjoying it. But I might get the plat if it's not too hard. I heard it wasn't that hard um if i i was playing on pc and i think i had almost all the steam achievements without trying okay yeah I, i'm I a completionist. i mean i'm not a completionist i'm a map explorer though yeah me too and so you yeah that's probably part yeah. of it but no we'll see i'm really enjoying it so far um yeah i've had to like pull myself off of off of guardians to play other games to try and diversify a bit but i've really right. been going hard with that nice um and also we talked about it earlier deep rock canyon or Jesus Christ, Deep Rock Galactic. That's what I meant. Um, it is the PlayStation Plus game this month. Um, your little dwarves um, mining through the world. Um, it's like a mixture of Minecraft and an alien space shooter. Okay, that's like the best way to describe it. You can literally mine everything in the entire game. Um, it's four person co-op, which I'm really excited to try out with a four person team. There's like individual classes that have different abilities. Uh, and you're just walking around mine. It is literally like Minecraft. Okay. You have a pickaxe and you go around and you can mine into anything, literally anything. And you, you know, you get missions to go to certain places to get certain materials and you run into alien monsters. It's just, the art style is really cool and it's cool being a dwarf. Um, they're all grungy and badass and like to scream about rocks. Um, but it, I honestly played it for only about an hour today. 
and I think it actually has a lot of potential. Nice. Uh, it's been out in early access for a while, from what I understand, on other platforms. Um, but I think this is the release of it on PlayStation. Um, and I'm excited to report more legitimately. Um, there's already some content for it, which originally turned me off, but I guess since it's been on other platforms, the fact that they have so much paid content right away kind of makes sense because it's been lagging around on other platforms. But um, just interested to play some more, man. I would definitely recommend you guys check it out. It's just, it's cool. I've downloaded it three times off Game Pass and just almost ended up deleting it before I play it. It's just cool. I don't know how else to describe it, but, you know, you're in caves and the way the light works is really cool. And it's just fun. It's not super graphically amazing, but the art style is kind of cool. Nice. Um, and yeah, playing as dwarves is always fun. Yeah. There's essentially a, 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 a Torbjorn mechanic from Overwatch. You could throw a little turret down and hit it with your hammer. So it's just fun. It's nice. really fun. Check it out. Especially if you have a couple people to play with. You can go in with four-man squads, and I'm sure there's like even like a sense of end game. You can upgrade all your weapons. There's some RPG-type mechanics. It's cool. Nice. And for free. Nice. Um, in quotes, you can't you can't beat it. So sweet. I'm gonna be playing it some more for sure, though. Okay. So nice. Yeah, I but, haven't really played much. Um, the holidays are always insane. It's like even though you have time off work, you don't have actually have any time off. Right. So I haven't played a whole lot except for Sea of Thieves because I've been streaming it. Um. So yeah, but I am excited when you guys finish the Halo campaign to talk about it with you. Uh, not necessarily like a spoilery for the show or anything, just to. In general, just yeah. to talk about it in general, yeah, to get your full thoughts. Dave, are you nearing the end? Do you think, or you yeah, better? I'm. Uh, I think I'm in the uh, final third. Okay, uh, it's not a very long campaign, from what I understand, but I'm 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 getting a little lost, and I mean that in a good way, where it's like I'm at a forward operating base, and my objective is at one point, and I'm actually wanting to do everything along the way. Yeah, I see on the map, so that's that's a sign of a good. Um, a good open world game for me especially like as far in as i am normally that i stop caring about that like four hours in. but right um yeah, so. it is interesting uh, because i really enjoyed that open world portion of it until i didn't because it, there gets to a point where like all the environments are just the same and i was like okay well i'm ready to yeah it's else. it's i i did notice that because i mean if you compare it to like uh like an assassin's creed game like there's a lot more interesting going stuff like going right. on in the world set dressing wide whereas what i'm looking for is more halo shooting and combat and stuff and right. every little like checkpoint dotted along the map is, is that so right you know i'm not looking for cool secrets or anything like that but just just more halo nice all right boys and girls that's it that's, that's it. all we got yeah we'll be back next week um as long as you know we're all still alive. Lord willing. Lord willing and the crick don't rise. We'll be back next, <laughs> next Tuesday. <laughs> uh, don't forget to go over to patreon.com slash handsome phantom. Support us for as little as a dollar a month and uh, check out the content. And uh, Discord, handsomephantom.com slash Discord. We'd love to have you over there and hang out and mock Edwin. Until next time, we'll see you later. The HP Podcast and Handsome Phantom is supported by our proud patrons over at patreon.com slash handsome phantom htrons maurice bays passive pixels edwin castillo Fusebro, boots hoot jared josh cummings edward walton charles peterson toby ryland straw hat ninja jared cavaliero and jason canham
say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill.